If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Reniker, Justin Charles, John Nye, and Josh All. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Podcast. My name is Derek Frisbee from DF Sports, and today we have a lot to talk about. The NFL trade deadline is October 31st. That is just six days away from the time that I'm recording this here. Uh, so the Browns have reportedly been talked about as buyers at the trade deadline a couple positions that have been talked about we are going to get into that as well as take a look at Deshaun Watson this quarterback situation what it means where do we go from here what do we do Uh, but before we talk about all that please be sure to follow the dogs podcast on Facebook Instagram TikTok and Twitter be sure to like this video drop a comment in the comment section so I can know what you think I want to hear from you And also subscribe to the channel, turn on your notifications so you never miss an upload. New things coming out just about every day for the most part. Uh, But if you want to get your voice heard on the show, you can either drop an intro like Kenny Mack does, or you can leave a voicemail and we will play it out on the show and let let you know what we think about what you think. And also, if you are a Browns fan and you're struggling to find people to talk to, jointhedogs.com. That's going to be your way to join the Patreon, get in the Discord. We are talking Cleveland Browns at any time, any point in the day, does not matter. And also, if you want to talk about anything else, movies, betting, whatever, join the Patreon. It is worth it. You also get an extra after-hour show. It will be worth every penny you spend. Also, become a member. That's going to be an easy way for you to show your support to the channel. You're going to get a fancy sticker, fancy stickers in the chat, just 99 cents a month. And uh, we greatly appreciate your support. All right. So like I said in the intro, the NFL trade deadline is just six days away uh, from the time I'm recording this. It's October 31st is when the trade deadline is. So, boy, um, we're, we're at an interesting point in this season for the Cleveland Browns. And, you know, I said it a couple weeks back where we're kind of at that crossroads where everything can go south quickly or we can just keep trucking. And the Browns answered that by winning against the 49ers and everything has kind of seemed like it's been on the right track. But we are now racking up injuries, significant injuries at some key positions. And there's just a lot of questions. So first thing we're going to get into here. Trade deadline coming up. What should the Browns do? What have we reportedly been interested in? So I know a lot has changed uh, since this report has come out, but the Browns allegedly were looking to make moves possibly on the offensive line and at wide receiver. Now, since then, obviously, we've learned more about Deshaun Watson's injury. Jerome Ford has been added to the injury list. So... There's a lot that could happen. So let's just start off with the first two. Offensive line. I I talked about Garrett Bowles and how the Browns absolutely should go out and trade for Garrett Bowles. Now, since then, 
Jedrick Wills has decided that he wants to play football again. So that's a really good thing, and it's awesome. We should have had this the entire time. However, the problem I have here is, is this going to be sustained? Is this going to be consistent effort, consistent play out of Jedrick Wills? That is a question that I cannot answer. So with the trade deadline coming up and the Browns, you know, reportedly being interested in offensive line as a position of trade, how convinced are they with Jed right now, right? How convinced are they that he's going to continue playing at the level that he's played in the last two games? Um, Because in the last two games, and especially against the 49ers, he had some tough matchups, and he has held his own. So if this is the Jedrick Wills that we get throughout the course of the rest of the year, we're fine, right? If we can get this Jed, we can play out his fifth-year option, and we'll be fine. The offensive line will be fine. And despite injuries, he's played well. So when you look at the trade deadline, is it worth it for the Browns to go out, spend what they would need to spend, to bring in a guy like a Garrett Bowles? Probably not. Probably not. I can't imagine at this point Andrew Berry would be looking at left tackle based on what we've seen in the last few games and say, that's a big enough problem that we need to go spend a lot of money at. So, I I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns brought in like a depth guy who could be a possible fill-in starter if need be. Um, but at this point, it seems more unlikely than likely for the Browns to go out and make a big splash on the offensive line. That's just how I feel personally. But looking at the other position, wide receiver is very interesting because it's kind of tough to fairly evaluate what we've seen from the wide receiver position for the Browns this year. Given Deshaun Watson's injury, given just the overall changes within the offense over the course of the season so far, it's really hard to tell because Amari Cooper's having a fantastic season. Uh, Elijah Moore is good, but I th- I still think he's not what he can be uh, as a member of the Cleveland Browns. And, you know, in this wide receiver room, I think he can have an even bigger impact. But I do believe that wide receiver is a position the Browns are going to look at. And it's not as it's not really about the right now. It's more so about later on in the year. And we'll talk about the quarterback position, but later on in the year, uh, you know, t- some of these tough matchups, you need some help at the wide receiver position, given that Nick Chubb is gone and is out for the year. And the one guy I've talked about is Jerry Judy, right? And a lot of people have been hating on him and the whole Steve Smith senior stuff and all that. Um, I think Jerry Judy is a good football player. I think he deserves a second chance at a different spot. And for me personally, you know, Jerry Judy, as much as people hate him, he went five for five, 65 yards last week, right? Can I interest you in that next to Amari Cooper? Of course. We don't really have that. Right now we have David Njoku who's starting to break out and we're finally starting to get him involved because he he's it's been there. We just haven't taken it for whatever reason with Najoku, and now we are. So in the last couple of weeks, it's really been Amari Cooper, Najoku, and then occasionally Elijah Moore with a little bit of other things sprinkled in. I think we're missing that guy. I think we're missing a guy who can be more of a solidified number two opposite of Amari Cooper that could move Elijah Moore around, use him as that chess piece. I think, I think we're in need of a wide receiver. I really do. 
And is Jerry Judy the guy? I I would like it. I really do. I've been very vocal, especially on this channel, about Jerry Judy and my feelings towards him. But I think what's going to end up happening here is there's probably a guy that's not on our radar who is a you know a third receiver on a on a good team something like that where Andrew Berry is going to bring him in and he's going to be a contributor. That's kind of what I see happening here at the wide receiver position. Who that guy is, I don't know. I mean, I would love Jerry Judy. I would love to get a guy like a Darnell Mooney. I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, but I would for sure like it. I just think, you know, there's going to be a guy who's not a huge name, who's going to get brought in here for a cheap late round pick and uh, come in and be a little bit of a contributor. That's what I think is likely to happen at wide receiver because I think Andrew Barry really looks at that position and thinks we need to add because we've gotten nothing out of Donovan Peoples-Jones. David Bell has made some critical catches, but nothing nothing consistent, nothing to change that room and really make it a threat, right? The threats are two to three guys, and I think you need to add another. So I would not be surprised if you see Andrew Berry go out and make a move at wide receiver, whether if it's a small move, whether if it's a, you know, a number two, whatever, don't be surprised if there is a wide receiver brought in uh, to kind of help throughout the rest of the season. Hey, Ohio, DraftKings is running a new promotion that you won't want to miss. New users can place a $5 first bet to instantly claim $200 in bonus bets. You will also be rewarded with a separate no-sweat single-game parlay every single day when you opt in. All you have to do is sign up with our code, THEDOGS, using our code, THEDOGS, not only gets you these great bonuses, but it also directly supports our podcast. If you've been considering signing up for DraftKings, make sure to use the code THEDOGS or scan the QR code on screen to maximize your first bets and parlays. This offer is only available for new customers who are 21 and older and are physically present in Ohio. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you can qualify. Now, the next position is running back, right? Because since that report came out about the offensive line and wide receiver, Jerome Ford has been added to the injury list. He's got a high ankle sprain, even though it's listed as minor and might not be as big of a issue as it could have been. It, it sucks because even though it's minor, that's an injury that's going to uh, that's going to stay with him. Right, that's not something that's just going to go away immediately. That's going to be something that could be a nagging injury throughout the course of the rest of the season. So, what do the Browns do at running back? Right, we talked about Jonathan Taylor, and that was the hot name, and now the hot name is Derrick Henry. So, would I trade for Derrick Henry? Is that something I would be interested in? Sure, under the right circumstances. You know, and that would honestly, it would be a complete game changer offensively as far as where we're at at the quarterback position right now. If you bring in Derrick Henry, that is going to change your offense significantly. And I think it would be a good move. But the problem is what it would take to get that deal done is I feel like just a little bit too much. I think ideally what would have to happen is the Tennessee Titans would have to eat a certain amount of uh, the money owed to Derrick Henry, and then the Browns would probably trade like a fourth, a fourth round pick. 
I just don't see the Titans doing that. I still think Derrick Henry is a valuable enough asset, even though he is a running back. I still think some team out there would pay a higher price for Derrick Henry. I just don't think the Browns at this point would do that. Um, So it's intriguing. I think it's not completely out of the realm of possibility, but I just don't see it. And I actually see this as a similar situation to the possibility of bringing in a wide receiver. I think if Andrew Barry brings in a running back, it's probably going to be somebody who is going to be a specific role kind of guy. And I named Michael Carter a few weeks back. I still think that is something that could happen. But if there's going to be a move made, I think it's going to be a Michael Carter type, a guy who is a role player who can come in. And Carter personally would be a great fit, in my opinion, uh, because he brings something that you don't currently really have and that's kind of a receiver out of the backfield and given our quarterback situation I think that check down uh, out of the backfield is critical I think we need it I think Jerome Ford has been good in that role and with Ford out and or limited I think replacing that kind of role would be critical so look for that I'm not saying it's going to happen but it's certainly a possibility This episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Browns fans, fall is in the air, and that means we're looking forward to more of these crisp mornings, falling leaves, and sweater weather. But more importantly, it's the perfect time for fall grilling, tailgating, and cozy comfort food. And let's go back to that tailgating. There's no better way, no better food to celebrate with at your tailgates and fall cookouts than Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks has all your fall cravings covered with 50% off site-wide during their semi-annual sale. That's 50% off all of your favorite tender, juicy, extra-aged steaks like their Butcher's Cut Filet Mignons. Go to omahasteaks.com right now. Use code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, when you check out to get an extra $30 off your order. With Omaha Steaks, these possibilities are endless. You get endless flavor, endless value on incredible entrees, scrumptious sides, decadent desserts, and so much more. All of them 50% off during the semi-annual sale and every bite is backed by Omaha Steaks 100% unconditional guarantee. Go to omahasteaks.com right now. Shop all of your delicious favorites for half the price. Don't forget to enter that promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, when you check out and get an extra $30 off your order. Hurry up. This sale is only for a limited time. Minimum purchase may apply. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc okay let's shift gears here deshaun watson this injury and what it means what it's gonna entail what it looks like and how it's gonna affect the rest of the season uh, for the Browns. So 
This is coming from the Dogs Podcast on Twitter. So if you're not following us on Twitter, you should, because this is coming from the Twitter account. Um, This is talking about Deshaun Watson. It says, more on Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson, a longtime physical therapist with years of experience dealing with rotator cuff injuries, told us this. The shoulder is a much more complex joint than a knee. For example, shoulders are responsible for eight different movements. In order to play at full capacity, the athlete would need to display a full range of motion and pass all strength testing. Unless there is more damage than reported, this type of injury could take uh, one to two weeks to resolve on the lower end and maybe four to six on the higher end if more severe or aggravated. So you read that and you kind of go, okay, what's going on here? And I think... There is a massive misunderstanding, maybe not misunderstanding, but almost just confusion within the fan base because you have a portion of the fan base that is on the side of, hey, Deshaun Watson just doesn't want to play football. He wants to sit there and eat up his 230 guaranteed because it's guaranteed. Then there's a portion of the fan base that's just completely done with him in general and wants him out of Cleveland. And then there's the part of the fan base that's essentially, you know, he'll be fine. He's just hurt now and he'll come back and be okay. My opinion on the matter is interesting. Um, I think a lot of people don't look at it the same way that I do. So if you disagree, feel free to let me know. Um, I'm not saying you should think I'm right. This is just my opinion. So um, I've mentioned it before. You know, I have... I've had a shoulder injury, you know, in my right shoulder, which is, you know, the same one Deshaun has throwing shoulder, different injuries. Yes. You know, I separated my shoulder. He's got the micro tears and the rotator cuff. Now to be fair, did I get an MRI on my shoulder? No. So could I have it? Good possibility. There's more damage there. I don't know. If I told you how I got hurt, you would be speechless because it's crazy, but nevertheless, um, my point being here, and I've kind of I've tried to say this as much as possible. The reason why I th- I think the Browns have a significant, really big problem with Deshaun Watson right now. We have a Deshaun Watson problem in the city of Cleveland for the Browns, and it's not necessarily his fault. The problem here is what I think is going to happen is this is going to be a long-term injury throughout the course of the rest of the season. So, how do you address that? Because Deshaun Watson, it was announced today, is not playing against the Seattle Seahawks. After Kevin Stefanski came out and said it was just out of precaution that we benched him against the Colts, and he's our guy, he's starting this week, this organization sucks at communication. It's, It's embarrassing because here we are now, uh, history repeating itself, Baker Mayfield and his injury, and now Deshaun Watson and his injury, handled terribly, in, in different ways, handled terribly. And it makes me so upset because the miscommunication and the lack of just common sense, really, how to handle this is causing a huge divide. And I think it's causing a lot of unwarranted criticism on Deshaun a lot of unwarranted criticism for, you know, Andrew Barry and for making this move. It's, it's not fair. It's not fair at all. And we're in a situation where you have a team 
in the last two games that has won with a quarterback from the XFL because that's how good your defense is and you have playmakers who can make plays when needed. And make no mistake about it, this team can win with a bum quarterback. I mean, that's just the reality. However, here's the problem. Everybody's wanting to throw Deshaun Watson out there. The problem with that is, and this is what you got to understand about the injury and about shoulder injuries in general. Deshaun Watson could sit there and prepare and prepare and get ready and do everything he needs to do. But over the course of a game, the more and more throwing, the more and more movements with that shoulder, it's getting worse and worse and worse. And maybe it's not necessarily like a tear getting worse. It's just more so the aggravation and the pain of it continuously gets worse and worse and worse. And I say that out of experience with myself, you know, if I'm throwing or lifting or whatever, fine to start. It's okay to start. And then the more and more work you do with it, the more and more it hurts. So for Deshaun, when you're preparing for a game, you can go out there and you can, if he went out there Sunday, right? He could be 100% ready to go against the Seahawks, right? Mentally have their defense down, whatever. But you can't execute a game plan when you know you physically can't execute a game plan. And that's what I don't, I think people are not understanding. He can't do it. Like he is completely and utterly useless right now as the starting quarterback for the Browns, as far as on the field. Because if he knows he can't make the throws, I mean, you've already seen it, multiple turnovers, terrible. I mean, he should have had two interceptions against the Colts. And he can't do that. He can't throw the ball. The only other use he would have is running. And why would he do that? Just to get hurt more. So there's really no point of Deshaun Watson being on the field right now. And it sucks because we should have put him on IR weeks ago. You had the bye week. You had the 49ers. And and then the Cole, like you could have put him on the IR and you could have handled this so much better. Now we're in a situation where all you hear is day to day, day to day. And that's just not the reality. And the work and the amount of preparation that Deshaun Watson is doing to try to get back for games is not helping anything. This is an injury where he quite literally has to do nothing. And as a starting quarterback in the NFL, you don't have the ability to do nothing. You have to prepare whether it be strength training, throwing, timing, rhythm, he can't do that. He can't. So this this is a long-term situation that the Browns are dealing with. So what do we do? What do we do? Well, the Browns have won the past two weeks against the 49ers and against the Colts, even though we really shouldn't have won against the Colts. And I think as an organization, as a coaching staff, you know, as an offense, as a defense, look yourself in the mirror because you didn't win that game. You were handed that game. And I know we've been on the opposite side of that so many times. And yes, it's nice to be on the winning side of that. But as a team and as a coaching staff, I feel like it, sh- it shouldn't be treated as a win this week, this past week, honestly. And you need to coach like you lost. You need to prepare like you lost because you did. I mean, you really did. 
It's just a win in the win column, which is a great thing. But as far as an on-the-field product, a lot of improvements that need to be made outside of Miles Garrett, D-Hop, and maybe a couple others. That's it. So where do the Browns go from here, right? P.J. Walker will be starting against the Seattle Seahawks. And so far for the Browns, P.J. Walker, 50% completion percentage, 33 out of 66, which is crazy. How that's how that happened is crazy. Um, maybe that's just me. I don't know. But uh, 370 yards, zero touchdowns, three interceptions. P.J. Walker is an XFL quarterback. He's a third, fourth-string practice squad quarterback. That's just what he is. But what he has done so far as a starter for the Browns is make the occasional play on critical drives to go win. And yes, he got a whole lot of help in the Colts game, but you still got to give it to him. He's made a few plays to get the job done. Is it? Can you go the rest of the season with P.J. Walker? Absolutely not. You cannot. And I think this is the problem that the Browns are in right now with the trade deadline being so close. What are they going to do here? And I said this on a program, and the reaction I got was immediately, no, no, absolutely not. But I firmly believe DTR deserves another shot. Dorian Thompson-Robinson should not be evaluated based on the Baltimore Ravens game. That was not fair to him. It was a terrible handling of the situation by the organization. It's embarrassing that we've essentially written him off based on one game against a really good team. And I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair that DTR is being judged off of one game where he had two hours of preparation. I was there. The Ravens defense and the Ravens team is way, way better than uh, they get credit for. And I'm not saying that because I know we have a lot of Ravens listeners, but it's the truth. The Baltimore Ravens right now, in my opinion, are the team in the AFC North, and they look to be the toughest as far as you know winning this division. So I don't think you can judge DTR off of that. Now, he was 19-36, 52.8 completion percentage, 121 yards, three interceptions, no touchdowns. I think if you give DTR a full week of preparation, you game plan around him, and you allow him the ability to study the defense and just prepare like you're supposed to, he will do, he will put up a much better performance than he did against uh, the Ravens. I'm fairly confident in saying that. So if you disagree, please let me know. But <clears throat> given the situation the Browns are in, if a move is not made at quarterback to bring somebody in, and I have two names I won't talk about, the Browns need to give DTR a shot, and I think the perfect team to do that against would be the Cardinals. It would be the Cardinals because Seahawks have a really good secondary, P.J. Walker starting, and I think DTR needs reps. He just needs reps and experience at the NFL level and at the NFL speed. So if there's any game to do it, it's against the Cardinals. I think DTR deserves another shot, but we'll see. So... A lot of people are talking about trading for guys, and it's hard to trade for quarterbacks midway through the season because that requires uh, learning a uh, new offense and all that, right? So what would you do? What would you do? People are talking about trading for Kirk Cousins. Not happening. There's no shot. The money is, 
I don't want to say it's impossible because Andrew Barry has done the impossible with the cap, but it, it does not make sense to me at all. It doesn't make sense for the Vikings. doesn't make sense really for the Browns outside of just the immediate need. Um, so what do you do? What do you do? There's two names I have written down. One is insanely obvious. You know who it is already. Uh, the other one, I've not heard anybody talk about, and I'm not saying I want the Browns to do it. I just think it is an option that they could look at. So let's start there. The one name that I've not heard really anybody talk about is Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke, in my opinion, is one of the really good backups in the NFL. Uh, He has come in for teams and won games, right? He's not perfect. He's not a starting quarterback. But as far as being serviceable for a few games, I think he I think he can get the job done. And the interesting thing is he has a connection with Kevin Stefanski. I don't know if anybody knows this, but Taylor Heineke started with the Minnesota Vikings while Kevin Stefanski was in Minnesota. So as far as who can come in and have a familiarity with the offense, Taylor Heineke's a name that nobody's being brought that it's not being brought up. So not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying he's my number one choice, but it's worth keeping in mind about Taylor Heineke because right now he's sitting the bench for the Falcons. Falcons are not a great football team. You know, we'll see. But the obvious one, Jacoby Brissett, makes the most sense. Go get it done. I mean, go get it done, Andrew Barry. Jacoby Brissett bailed Deshaun Watson out last year. He was beyond serviceable and what the Browns need is just a game manager I know people hate that but we have a team that is a great defense has enough weapons to go get wins and Jacoby can without a doubt come in and get the job done right his base salary is three million he signed a one-year eight million dollar deal with the Washington Commanders he had a 4.5 million dollar signing bonus it's something the Browns could get done It's something that wouldn't cost a lot, and it makes too much sense. Last year when Jacoby started, the Browns were in countless close games, and you know we were on the losing side of that. Why? Joe Woods sucks. Why? Just didn't get it done. We were on the wrong side of a couple close games. This team is different. This team is pulling off those close games and finding ways to go win. That's what good teams do. So if you take Jacoby Brissett and you put him on this year's Browns team with this defense and improved weapons, and you can even go out and improve more, right? As far as bringing in, if you do bring in a wide receiver or a running back, you can get even better. And I think if Deshaun Watson needs to be out for a lengthy period of time, longer than it's already been, I think Jacoby is the perfect person to put the keys of the offense uh, in his hands and say, okay, go do what you can do for us. Because the Browns, where we're at right now, we're sitting, you know, what are we, four and two, right? And we're playing the Seattle Seahawks, which is a very tough game. I mean, at this point, you know, when you guys see this, it'll be closer to the game. But the Seahawks are a really good football team. And I want to tell you all right now, before this game even happens, I would not be shocked at all if the Browns lose to the Seahawks. They are a better team than they get credit for. 
DK Metcalf should be back. Um, they just have a ton of weapons. Their secondary is out of this world. Their secondary is very much like the Browns as far as one of the best, if not the best in the league, right? Devin Witherspoon is a freak of nature. He is a stud. And then you combine him with Tyreek Wollen, Kobe Bryant, Quandre Diggs at safety, and then Jamal Adams coming back. They have a strong, strong secondary. Now, up front, middle linebacker, obviously Bobby Wagner leads the charge there, but they don't have a whole lot as far as the front defensive line, and their linebacking core is okay. I still think it's not great, but that game's going to be tough. They got weapons. They can move the ball downfield, and they can stop you from moving the ball downfield. I'm not going to get into as far as the game itself and how I think the Browns can win because, uh, you know, we're already at the 35-minute mark here. But, um, you know, I just think I think this is a tough game. And the Browns could win this game. And if they do, then you absolutely got to come out and beat Arizona as well. Start stacking these wins, right? Because after that, you got Baltimore, you got Pittsburgh coming to town, you got some of these tough out-of-division games. And if the Browns want to be where we want to be as far as getting to the playoffs, you got to stack wins. And in order to stack wins now, you have to have competency. Is P.J. Walker competent enough? I don't believe so. Would I give DTR another shot? Yes. Do I trust him? No. I think bringing in Jacoby Brissett is the best move to be made. And I think it makes too much sense. So with that being said, I will uh, I'll leave it there. That's it for me. Let me know what you think in the comment section below. I want to hear from you. Anybody you have your eyes on as far as the trade deadline and uh, what do you think the Browns should do? How should we handle this? Where should we go from here? Going to be interesting. That is for sure. So everybody, let me know your thoughts. Again, I'm Derek Frisbee from DS Sports. Follow us on social media at The Dogs Podcast. Subscribe to the channel. Like this video. We will see you in the next one. Go Browns. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Twitter at The Dogs Podcast. Get your thoughts on the show at thedogspodcast.com. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.